0: Hello world, my name is Hannah, and this is my world, where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world, and welcome back. Listen, I know that I am about eight years too late, or maybe it's not too late, but just eight years late, but when I tell you, oh my gosh, I am such a fan of Shonda Rhimes. I was already a fan of her because, like, she has owned my Thursday night's, um, with Grey's Anatomy, uh, Station 19, a Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, listen, all of it, love it, okay, keep them coming But I finally had the chance to read her book, Year of Yes I've had this book, oh my gosh, I don't even know how long now, it's probably about three or four years that it's been sitting on my bookshelf I got it for Christmas um, a few years ago and I kept saying that I was going to read it, but life be in And I just did not make time. And that is what I'm going to say, because it's not like I didn't have the time, but I did not make time because we make time for things that are important to us, right? Or that are meaningful to us. And so times that I was sitting down watching her shows, I could have been picked up reading her book. I a mean. bit. <laughs> but no, you get my point. But anyways, what I'm saying is, is that i Finally got a chance to sit down and read. And let me tell y'all, I'm just going to pat myself on the back really quick because I am currently on my third book the year okay your girl is doing things I said I set this goal out for myself last year did not accomplish it and then I was like nope it is still going to be a goal that I am going to try to get a book read a month so the goal by the end of this year is to have 12 books read now if I do more than that oh your girl you can't tell me nothing but the fact that I am on my third book right now I am super excited especially since we are going into the third month and I started my third book before the second month even ended, what, you see me? Okay, anyways, let's get back to the book. Listen, y'all, I when I tell you, I've already knew that Shonda was a storyteller, okay? I, I know by her shows, but her book, oh my gosh, it made me feel like I was sitting on the couch in front of a fireplace. And I'm, I'm specifically saying fireplace because she talks about campfire speeches, right? And just sitting around the campfire and talking. But she literally made me feel like I was sitting on my couch in front of the fire with a glass of wine, listening to her tell her story. It was so good. She is an awesome storyteller. I mean, within the first couple of pages of her book, she had me thinking that I could write a book. Now, listen, I'm not saying that I'm not going to write a book someday. I do feel like I got a couple inside of me. But when I tell you that she was giving me like the affirmation that I needed about becoming an author oh, it was just, it was amazing stuff because she starts off her book just telling you that I'm a liar, you know, right? And you might be taken aback by that, but she just starts off with saying that how she's always told stories, like that's just something that she's done and like legitly telling stories on truths, elaborating on things, you know, being a little bit, adding a little, like she says, a little sparkle here, a little sprinkle there, doing that, is just the makings of a very creative writer, a very great storyteller. And so just reading her words within the beginning, I was just like, I could do that. Like, I like telling stories. I, I got stories inside me to tell. <laughs> so she had me thinking like, hey, you know, watch out for your girl because somebody going to be reading her book one day. Um, but it wasn't just that. It was just so many gems inside of this book. So many things to help us uh, as a sisterhood, as she is constantly referring to throughout the book, to be able to cheer for one another and to not just cheer for one another, but to also cheer for ourselves and to be free to do it you know like there's so many different points that she brings up in here and i don't know if i'm gonna be able to cover them all within this segment but one of the things that i definitely wanted to touch base on because a lot of things resonated with me even if it's not necessarily how i live my life or how i choose to do things i loved how she said that it's you know You don't have to do it like everybody else. And that's one of the things that was very freeing to her because she was saying yes to herself. She was saying yes to like, first of all, one of the major things is that she doesn't want to get married. And it took her a while to actually admit that. Like, I don't know if this was public information, but I did not learn these things until I read her book but she was just, she was engaged. She was engaged to be married and she finally like admitted to herself and then to the rest of the world and saying, I don't want to get married. Like, that's not my dream. It wasn't my dream to have the the husband and the job and, and the kids and everything. Like the job. Yes. The kids. Yes. The husband. No. She, she was like, that. Um and one of her things for not wanting that is because she didn't want to have to say I guess no to herself you know and what I mean by that and uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people who disagree but like this is her story and this is the thing that I love so much about the book because it's like just because you want something doesn't mean that I have to want it just because it is what is quote-unquote portrayed as the normal because what is normal seriously but because it is portrayed that this is what quote-unquote all women want all women don't want that all women don't want to be married um and that's okay for them um for those who want to be married that's great you know what i'm saying get married but if you don't want to it's okay if you don't want to now when we're talking about you know uh children and all that that's getting to a whole nother area and that's not what I'm touching into today but what I really want to to focus on is the fact that she was saying yes to herself she was saying yes to the things that she didn't feel or didn't think rather that she could say yes to because that's not what everybody else says yes to that's not what everybody else wants and she's she says that she's very much an introvert, right? And she was. And I mean, she's probably learned how to be more like an ambivert now. uh, I don't think you ever really, or maybe you do, I don't know. Maybe you do eventually grow out of your introvertedness. I guess i'll find that out eventually because i do i'm still very much an introvert i'm still much to myself um but i have learned how to be more of an ambivert and and step out and not just because i'm pushed out into the front but i actually welcome stepping out and that's one of the things that happened to her in this book as well like her this all started off with her well it started off with six words from her sister on thanksgiving day and i can tell you that much if you haven't read the book because if you pick up the book inside of a bookstore and read the back it tells you where it all started from and it was from um thanksgiving of 2013 when her sister told her that she doesn't say yes to anything she says you never say yes to anything and those six little words just kind of blew up her entire life because the the year coming 2014 she decided that she was going to say yes. She was going to say yes to everything that she was not going to say no. And it was very frightening because like the very first yes that she got was, you know, saying yes to being the commencement speaker at her alma mater. And so, you know, that was a big yes to say yes to. But and there was yeses that came before it because the actual event didn't happen until I think like maybe six months into the year. But from that January up until the time of the commencement, there were so many more yeses that came her way. And it was just revolutionary for her. And the whole reason why I'm bringing up this book is because I feel like we all need our own personal revolution. We need our own. um our own challenge of what we're going to say yes to. And it's about just saying yes to saying yes, saying yes to yourself. Now you may be thinking like, well, I'm not someone who always says no. Um, I do say yes to people. I have learned balance and that's great for you. But I would um, challenge you to reflect on yourself and what in your life are you not always saying yes to? You know, like to myself, for example, um, I'm, I am one of those people who I'm not constantly saying no to everybody. I'm not a you never say yes to anything type of person. I do say yes. Sometimes I say yes to my own detriment. <laughs> um, that that could be a fault. Maybe I need like in Shonda has it inside as one of her chapters saying yes to no. You know, I, I have realized I need to learn how to say yes to no be in and, and, and that particular chapter. She was just talking about how, you know, sometimes you can feel obligated to saying yes to people, beca- you know, who have been around in your life or people that you trust and that you, you know, you think um, are going to just really be there for you, you know, um, and saying it's just hard to say yes to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, let's just take a a prime example. And she used this um, in her her book. I don't think like I'm giving away too much if I say this. But there was a friend that she had in the book who asked her for some money, a large sum of money, you know, and it was something that she had to toil over because it's like you want to say yes to your friend. But at the same time, even if you're doing well, just because you're doing well doesn't mean that everybody is entitled to your money. And that, and that's a given, right? We all can... Casually or generally say that no, my money is my money. How I want to spend it is how I want to spend it. Who I want to loan it to or gift it to is my business, and it is right. So nobody should feel obligated to your money. But sometimes people who have a closer proximity to us, and I don't even want to say close relationships because sometimes those close relationships you can find out are not really authentic. Um, and that's one of the things that Shonda does find out in her year of yes um, is about the authentic friendships and how, you know, sometimes she wasn't really seeing people for who they were, but who she thought they were in her mind. And I think we all are guilty of that. So it's like it's not even a judgment. I mean, when I tell you her book is so good because she was just like, are you judging me? I feel you judging me right now. I've already told you at the beginning of my book. Don't judge me. Right. But I mean, the, the thing is, is that we all go through that, though we, uh, let me just be for myself, right? This is why so much of what she said resonated with me because I know that there are times with certain friends, I feel obligated to saying yes, because they're my friend. Um, And that's probably shame on me because it's like, well, are you doing it out of the generosity of your heart? And nine times out of 10, I would say that I am like, it's because I wanna be there for my friend and I wanna help my friend, I say nine times out of 10, because at the same time, if I really sat with it and reflected on it, uh, I probably could find in some of those times that I'm not really doing it out of the friendship. I'm doing it not because I cheerfully want to do it for my friend is what I mean by that. But I'm doing it solely based like, okay, you're my friend and I don't want to hurt your feelings or I don't want to ruin the friendship. And even with that, it's just like say yes to saying no. Like, because if it ruins the friendship, then that's how you know that it's not an authentic friend. And that's one of the things that, you know, she talks about in her book. She said no to the person and they are not friends now. I mean, I don't know about eight years later, but I know that by the time she wrote this book, they had not spoken since she told her friend no. Um, And that's unfortunate. But the thing is, is that do you want like superficial friendships or connections and relationships in your life? Or do you want the authentic, genuine ones, the ones where you can truly be vulnerable and know that what you share with them stays there? This is what saying yes to yourself, saying yes to no, saying yes to saying yes can help you discover. And I think that that's like, that's really what I got out of her book was that Her taking the opportunity or taking the challenge, challenging herself to say yes to so many things was her really discovering who she was, which is how she, you know, ended up calling off an engagement. And she did not, you know, she acknowledges that the person who she was engaged to, that they were hurt and she's, you know, she is remorseful because you never want to hurt somebody that you care about but at the same time this is where people pleasing comes in you you can find yourself um not being good or genuine or honest or authentic with you because you're so overly concerned about how it's going to affect another person's feelings and i i honestly i'm a pause there because i really battle with that that is really a a struggle for me because yes as a believer I know that I'm, you know, the word says to, you know, not think more highly of yourself than you ought and to, you know, put another person's concerns before your own. But there is context to all of that. Right. Because in no way, shape or form is God telling us to be a doormat. He is telling us to be a servant leader, you know, um, when Jesus was talking to his disciples uh at the last supper and they were actually arguing amongst themselves on who was the greater you know the greater one in the kingdom he said to them that to be greater you have to first go low like you have to lower yourself and even with him he demonstrated what he was talking about by washing their feet you know like what leader is going to get down and wash his his followers his servants hit you know wash their feet like, that was a very humbling and uh, experience, and that was him showing, like, I am a servant. A leader must first learn how to serve in order to lead, you know what I'm saying? Because it's show, it's actually showing the people who are following you that you don't think of yourself more greater than they are, that you can come to to their level because you understand that level. You may have once been to that level, and you have not been so far removed that now you're so high and mighty and and cannot lower yourself to doing those things like i never liked uh that phrase because i don't think it's biblical (laughs) i've never liked the phrase do as i say not as i do but wait a second you're holding me to a standard that you don't hold yourself what kind of leader is that like you should be able to to do this as well like lead by example is that not what christ has done Christ came to earth to lead by example, to show us like, there's nothing that I'm going to ask you to do that I haven't done myself. So yeah, a, a leader does need to learn how to serve it. He does need to learn how to do the things that he is requiring of other people to show that he or she, I'm sorry, is not above that. You know, I remember when I was, um, the, the section leader and the, um, uh, in, in, in the marching band over the saxophones, in case y'all didn't know, I I played saxophone in in high school and in college, I probably still can play the saxophone, but I haven't picked it up since college, but that's neither here nor there, but anyways, but as a, a section leader, we would have, um, band camp, (laughs) I know you guys probably know all about band camp, the stuff that happens in band camp, yeah, it's true, but not all of it. Anyways, I digress. Anyways, but at band camp, we would have calisthenics because obviously you needed to be in shape to march the parades and everything because these parades were miles long. And here it is, you got on this hot polyester. Oh, I can't say polyester. Polyester, good gracious. You have on these hot polyester. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. You have on this hot uniform right in in the sun and you're carrying an instrument, depending on what type of instrument you play. It could weigh a lot. So you had to have the, the stamina, the endurance or whatever. So we would have calisthenics and whenever we would be practicing our drills or whatever, if my section wasn't getting it right. I would give them calisthenics as punishment but guess who was getting on the ground doing the calisthenics with with them now I'm not going to say that this is an idea that I came up with on my own but one of the the coaches that my band director would bring in that's something that he instilled in all of the section leaders he was like you should get down and do it with them because the fact that they're not getting it means they're not teaching it to them right and you're their leader so obviously it's not just them messing up but it's you messing up too so you get down and show them that you are not above just because of your title you are not above them so anyways I went through all of that because like that was one of the things that really resonated with me um and so I I just wanted to I I wanted to talk about that because it's like sometimes we feel like our or we think we think that our feelings um that we're not being true to ourselves when we don't put our feelings first right and, and there's nothing wrong with considering yourself because yes, you have to say yes to you. You have to make sure that you're checking in on you and that you know that you're good. But at the same time, it shouldn't be so to the point where it's like only your feelings matter and nobody else's does. And you can care less about how somebody else feels. But there's, there's a thin line, you know? It's a thin line because again, if you overly think about other people's perceptions or how they process things and and that's the thing this is why communication in all relationships is key and it's not just putting the cliche out there of saying communication is key it's really diving into all that is communication because conflict resolution is a part of communication and I am one of those people who in the past I kind of avoided the conflict because I didn't like conflict. It just did not feel good. It's not something that I welcomed. It's not because I didn't want to be challenged. It's just because the way that I saw conflict resolved, and it wasn't even resolved, but the way that I saw conflict played out, it just was a very tense and uncomfortable and nasty situation. So it made me... I guess in a sense, fearful of it. I was like, Oh no, that's not what I want. Now that doesn't mean that I wasn't a fighter and I didn't fight for the things that I believed in, but like in relationships, Oh, I have no problem with people that I'm not in relationship with to resolve a conflict or to tackle a conflict with somebody. I don't have feelings for you. Not in that way. Like I care for you as a human being, but like I don't have any deep personal like feelings for you or connection to you. So However this conflict plays out, it's neither here nor there to me as long as we get to a resolution and we're able to move on, especially if we're coworkers. You know what I'm saying? But in a relationship, it's different. It hits different because you are somebody that I am in community with. You are someone that I am in connection with. And so me having a conflict with you, the the outcome of this this conflict, it matters to me. So there were a lot of times where I would just avoid the conflict and I would swallow my feelings and suppress them for sake of the relationship, but that's not healthy either. It, it really isn't healthy because what ends up happening is, is that you end up building resentment with stuff like that. And and as you're building this resentment, this person that you love and you care about, you, you can't blame them. I mean, some of us do, but you can't blame them because they don't know. You never shared it. You can't, you're you the one who kept suppressing your feelings. So the person that you need to be upset with is yourself, right? So this, in those areas, say yes to you. Say yes to you. Say yes to owning your feelings owning your 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 truth in that moment to share it with that person and say hey I understand how you feel I want to also help you understand how I feel like I I you know I, I care about yours I respect yours and I validate yours now I need you to do the same for me I, it, this is the reciprocation of our relationship let's talk this out let's hash this out so you know when she when she was talking about that, it really resonated with me because I I don't feel like there's just this one simple absolute with that. I think especially when you are talking about relationships with with people, um, being in relationship with people, that it's something that you you really have to be honest about so that you're not suppressing your feelings. But at the same time, still respecting the other person's like. Caring enough about theirs, just how you want them to care about yours. That's that whole do unto others as you would have them do unto you situation. Um, and I think that that's how how that plays out. But there's other stuff. Oh, my gosh. When I tell you guys, there is so much inside of this book that I just want to hit on. Like she talks about the mommy wars. I did a whole episode on mommy worlds, mommy wars. Um, a while back i'm pretty sure that it's still up on the um, on the platform somewhere that you can go back and listen to it but the thing about the mommy wars is like she said something that i it, it resonated with me so well and i never i didn't think about it the way that she put it and i i will admit that i i think i am one of those moms who said that being a mom is work and she has corrected me and i will not say that anymore because being the role of being a mother is not work in it of it in and of itself and and this is what Shonda says about that she says that you can't quit being a mom you can't ask for time off from being a mom like you are a mom 24 7 365 like there is no like with your job you can quit your job if you don't like it you know you can ask uh you get paid for your job you know because I've heard mom say that you know being a mom is an unpaid job because you get paid in hugs and kisses or whatever and but she's just like, no, being a mom is not my job because I can't quit it. Like I am a mom twenty-four seven, three sixty five. Like I I there there will never be a time where I am not a mother. Because now that I am a mother, now that I have had children, now that I've had children, I will always be a mom. I can't ever quit that. That's not a job. You can quit a job. You know what I'm saying? You can retire from a job. <laughs> you can change like you can't do that in motherhood and so when she said it that way I was like that's true that that is true um you it's not a job it really isn't now the the role of you know staying at home whether you choose to stay at home or work outside that's work you know what I'm saying because you don't have to do that you can stop doing that if you don't want to work from home anymore or if you don't want to be a stay at home anymore or if you want to go out you can do that can change but this assignment the assignment of mom that that's a permanent assignment you got that assignment forever ever forever ever forever ever okay um but her thing was is that and I've talked about this before in regards to the mommy wars and how we attack each other How we feel or or have this audacity to judge other moms for doing things different from how we do it. Like for her, she loves her job and I love the fact, I love that for her, I love the fact that she loves her job because she creates some amazing shows and obviously an amazing book, okay, I want her to keep creating and for her, she's just like, one of the things that she she also mentioned in her book that I, I think was so freeing and I I hope that whoever listens to this podcast and who has not read the book yet, that this is freeing for you as well. But she she talks about how, um, oh my gosh, that quickly I lost my thought. I was talking about Shonda, talking about her book, talking about The Mommy Wars. Um, she talks about how, you know, choosing to to work, right? And how for some people, they don't want to. And for her, when she would ever get get asked, um, from a reporter about how does she do it you know how can she encourage other mothers about you know being this this you know g- famous writer and 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 tv writer and shoe production shoe show pro- producer goodness gracious why can I talk um show producer and also manage home at the same time because you know Shonda is a single mother with three kids right and she said at first, you know, her answers would be like, oh, I'm very organized or I do laundry at night. And she she realized she said yes to like being honest about it. That's not what she said. She I think it was yes to surrendering the mommy war or Jenny McCarthy is my everything. And Jenny McCarthy is her, you know, uh her nanny or, you know, her her child caregiver and not just child caregiver. Let me not even let me not diminish who she is to Shonda by saying that. But she because she is because Shana does say inside of her book that she is the nanny to both her kids and to her like she take, she takes care of everybody in the home. OK, but her whole point of bringing it up was like she has help. And see, that's one of the things that we as as women in general, sometimes and women and I don't want to say all women, because there's some women who probably don't have. Um, a struggle or a challenge in asking for and receiving help. I know that for me, and I've shared this with you guys, and you will always hear me say this, that I am made like Martha, right? Because I am made like Martha to my core, and it has taken practice of being more like Mary um, that has allowed me to ask for help and also receive help from others. And so um, a lot of times, especially as Black women, we get caught up in the you know, strong woman, strong mother that we sometimes don't know how to ask for help or receive help. So we think we have to do it all by ourselves. And that becomes very overwhelming. Right. And so she shares in the book that no, it's not because I'm very organized, even though she may be an organized person. I'm an organized person, right? But it's like, no, it's, and she, she said this because she also wanted to free other single mothers because she's just like, she's not your typical single mother. I mean, she, she Shonda Rhimes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's not your typical, uh, you know, single mother. So to make comments like that, she felt like she was doing an, an, an injustice. And so she, she, she shares like, no, it's because I have help. And it's not just because of Jenny McCarthy. It's like, she has family around her that if she ever needed someone to, to watch her kids or to be to cook, the, she has a whole team of people. Okay. And so that, you know, hopefully is freeing to, to someone to know that you don't have to do it all by yourself. You don't, there are people around that can help you with this, you know, ask for the help and then receive the help when it's offered to you as well and so you know with the with the mommy wars it's just like the whole uh working mom versus stay at home mom like it's let's stop warring with each other and judging each other and saying oh you're not you don't love your kids because you go to work oh you don't love your kids or you're not showing your yeah you don't love your kids because you're not showing your kids how to to work hard and not Let's stop because there's multiple ways to teach kids good work ethic and, you know, how to take care of a family. And what if your children like, I mean, uh, I don't know. I can't remember if if she mentions. No, no, no. Because her mother was a was a teacher. Her mother worked outside of, of the home, but she took care of her her three kids, her her mom and her dad. They together, they raised them, you know. So it's like you can. You can show your child everything, but at the end of the day, you really just don't have control of your child's choices in life and what they decide. Like, Shonda talks about her parents' relationship. I'm sorry, y'all. Shonda talks about her parents' relationship and how they were made for each other. Like, they are seriously just two peas in a pie right cutest thing never met them but just great storyteller did I say that already Uh, just by listening to reading her words about them it's just like oh man that's amazing but even though she grew up seeing that she herself did not want marriage not in the traditional sense you know what I'm saying so it's like the war that we have with each other no it should be, you and and she mentions the fact that like I don't have time for the outside physical mommy wars going back and forth because I'm already warring with myself, you know, the fact that she is a working mom, so there are times and she mentions this and hope hopefully this is freeing to somebody as well, but she mentions how you know when she's su- succeeding in one area of her life, she's failing in the other because her being on set, you know filming something means that she's missing a dance recital or she's missing a soccer game and when she is attending you know her child's spelling bee then she's missing something at work so it's a give or take, right? But listen, I just want to end with this. I hope y'all got something out of the episode today with me talking about this book. This book is revolutionary. It was amazing. If you haven't read it, go get yourself a copy and say yes to yourself, okay? Um, but it was an awesome read. I just wanted to share it with you guys. I hope you guys got something out of it. Um, and if you have already read the book, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? And you can connect with me, sending your listening letters uh, to World at gmail.com. I'm sorry, hannahsworld. Zero zero at gmail.com or you can connect with me on IG at Hannah's World Zero Zero until next time peace out world